your favorite beverage, kick up your feet as you ascend with me into the joy portal of soul reflections, fresh perspectives, fun ideas, and wisdom. Light to light and heart to heart. Smile and breathe even deeper as together we will soar above the perception of all hurdles and shine brightly as the light we are. Namaste and welcome to Light Laughter and Lattes. My name is Jerry Habstreet. I'm an evasive quantum healer, medical intuitive, self-ascension intuitive counselor, and your friend and soul connection for the next hour. So today's show is Let Self-Love Be Your Superpower. If there is anything that I can say would be the number one thing to assist you in your life, to assist you with your relationships, and to assist you on a journey of expansion and awakening, it would be self-love. I mean, joy is a portal that will lift you straight to the top of awakening for sure. It is definitely a, if you can stay in joy, it's definitely your quickest way to the top, so to speak. But the caveat is it's hard to stay in your joy if you haven't first applied self-love. And self-love, and why I say let it be your superpower, is because the love needs to be balanced. It can't just be self-love without power added which is trust and action moving forward. And when the two of those come together, the self-love becomes your superpower. And that's what will give you, that's what will give you your greatest joy and your greatest experience of the reflections in your life. Because everything in your outer world is a reflection on the level you are loving yourself. And so if you're finding yourself in a lot of relationships where things aren't going great, where people aren't treating you kindly, if you're bumping into a lot of anger, if even if you're not bumping into the anger, but it is around you, if it's in your vicinity, if you are in an apartment and you're hearing the anger out the window, it is still in your matrix. So which means it's still in your backyard of your consciousness it's still a part of you and so self-love is the salve that assists to heal all of that and I know it's something that it's talked about over and over and over again I know I heard it all the time you know you need to love yourself more and you need to, well, what does that mean to me I was thinking well I take care of my body I exercise every day I eat super healthy. I find time for my joy. So what is it that I'm doing that I need to love myself even more? And this is a question that I really asked for probably a couple of years. I didn't really understand how I could love myself more. Well, there was two things that I wasn't doing. One of those things was that I put everyone else before me. And this includes my kids. I was a giver of my energy. I 
wanted to take care of everyone else. I wanted to make sure everyone else had the meals, everyone else had the clothes, everyone else had the the easy time, the nice whatever. I was always preparing for friends to come over. And, you know, I wouldn't eat or take care of myself for a day or two while I'm in the process of caring for other people. And that did bring me great joy to do that. I love that. But in the meantime, I was wearing out while I was doing it. And the second thing that I didn't do is I didn't release or I didn't have mercy on myself. I held a lot of judgment about how I moved through life and the steps that I was taking. And that's really the, the big thing about loving yourself is being able to forgive yourself and have mercy on yourself for everything that you have done and everything you haven't done. And together, those I found were the main two things that I wasn't doing where more self-love and mercy needed to be applied. And so going back to taking care of other people and putting them before me, this is one example that I can that I can think about because I didn't really know that I was doing this. It was just so common for me as a mom to want to do everything for my children. And I loved having guests over, so I wanted to do everything for guests, for family. I, I liked doing things for other people. And I was busy doing, 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 and a lot of times I wouldn't take time out to nourish myself. I can remember one, more than one time, I knew I was supposed to drink a lot of water because drinking water is, is, was a healthy thing to do, and I've always been up on health. And I would work so hard at taking care of the family, it was like, okay, I need to get myself some water. So I would take the effort to go over and just get myself a glass of water. And I would maybe go to the bathroom or whatever, and I would come back and the water would be gone. And it would be my husband. He was someone else I was taking care of. Um, and I would get so livid. On the outside, it's just a glass of water. But the meaning of that glass of water was that I was pouring my everything into everyone else and took literally one minute to take care of me. And that he would come along and drink my <laughs> He would take that for himself as well. And so that would trigger me and tip me off. And so if you have an example of that in your life where there's something little that you just attempt to do for you and it gets gobbled up or gets interfered with or it's self-sabotaged, that is a sign that you are overdoing for other people and you're not loving yourself enough. You need to put up some boundaries. You need to do things differently. And, and I did after that. I made a point to get up earlier in the morning and, you know, exercise me, spend time meditating, go in the hot tub before I would take care of anyone else. And I attempted to make some boundaries too around, you know, who's handling things in the house 50-50. Um, it didn't go over well because I had someone who was used to being taken care of. And so, you know, eventually 
we separated, but this is these are all things you need to look at if you're in a situation that's not serving you and you go to stake your claim on your self-love and self-care and what that means. And it's time to set some boundaries where there needs to be a 50-50 exchange and how things are handled in the household. And you've got a partner that's not willing to step up to that, then you really need to look at, you know, does this relationship still serve me or not? So some aspects of self-love. We are not just a physical body. We are body, mind, and spirit. So all of those aspects need to be taken care of to totally make self-love your superpower. And so your body needs water. Your body needs to move your energy. And it doesn't have to be a jog if you don't like to jog. It doesn't have to be anything strenuous. It can be yoga. It can be tai chi. It can be a walk. Any kind of movement of your energy that feels satisfying or brings your heart rate up or brings you joy. One of my greatest joys in exercises is dancing. I get my social needs met. I get the fun, lots of twirling and spinning, which is great for your energy field to move energy. And there's, you know, I get to go out out of the house and do something with other people. So pick pick an exercise that you enjoy doing. Um, that That is one piece of the physical body. The other is nourishment and vitamins and minerals and all those kinds of things. Extremely important to be eating some kind of a plant-based diet uh, or at least getting a lot of fruits and vegetables in your diet. Uh, Most of you probably know this already if you're listening to this podcast, but that's a piece of it. Another aspect is the spirit, which is your soul. So how are you nourishing your soul? Oftentimes this comes along with your greatest joy. You know, are you doing those things that you loved? A lot of times it's going back to the inner child. What is it that brought you that great joy? You know, is it going skipping? Is it painting? Is it simple play? Is it, you know, whatever it might be? along with bringing your hand to your heart often because your heart is a direct connection to your soul. And so residing there to ask questions about what should I do? Where should I go? What is best for me? Calling on that guidance of your soul is a great way to acknowledge that you are a physical being in a, well, actually you're a divine being in a physical body. And so by recognizing this soul connection, you open up a gateway of, of connection to your soul so you can be informed about things. It's like, hey, I'm here. I recognize that you're there and that I'm being guided on a day-to-day basis and I'm checking in with you and I acknowledge you. And so it gets you out of your mind and into your heart with a more direct connection to your soul. You know, meditating, waking up and doing spiritual practices, setting an intention for your day or for your week, writing out your intentions, 
writing out your perfect day. These are all acts of creation that are in direct in alignment with your soul. And it's another really good way to initiate some good self-love. And the other piece is our mind. And our mind is directly connected to our egos. And our egos carry the pains and the hurts of the inner child. So any of the past issues, traumas, sadnesses, whatever your life experience has brought you until this time now that hasn't been lovingly released, loved, forgiven, looked at, they're all held in the body as congestions, all of it. And those congestions will go out and they will attract something to them because we all are attractor fields. And so if you're holding on to a past trauma, you may run up into all kinds of things in your everyday life that will trigger that trauma. And that's really the goal of a trigger. A trigger is meant to bring up the trauma for healing. But so many people don't understand this. They just get angry and blame, you know, why does this always happen to me? Well, the gift of it is, is the trigger is meant to release that energy. And if you can say, oh, thank you for the trigger. Thank you, because the energy will rise up. And if you can just not react and you can just let it dissolve, walk away from it, let it go for 24 hours and come back, you will notice that that energy got released during the trigger and you now feel better. And if you were to write out a response to someone, and that's the key, it's now it would be a response as opposed to a reaction, you would find that you feel better about it. That if you checked in with the issue, it wouldn't be bothering you anymore. And so we go through our life and we hold on to all of these things till a time at which we feel safe and we are aware that we are creators and we've created this experience. And the only way we're going to change the outer world is by changing our inner world. Then we look at these things and we heal them. And that is the greatest act of self-love is to free yourself from all of those traumas, hurts, pains, and congestions. And as you do this, you will not only have more joy in your life, but the things that you attract will be much better. You will attract new relationships. You will attract new friends, new jobs, new opportunities, new excitement, new feelings, everything inside you will feel better and everything outside of you will reflect how you are feeling inside. You will have more abundance because the more pains of the past you are holding on to, the more energy is tied up in those energies, the less money you have. There's a direct correlation between your abundance and your joy and your self-love. The more abundant you are in joy and self-love, the more abundant you are in your funds as well. And also the more abundant you are in time. Time and money are both correlations to the level of self-love and to the level you have released the past pains and hurts. So we must, must, must 
That's a lot of must, and I don't even feel comfortable saying must, but if you want to have a life of peace, love, and joy, and certainly expansion and awakening, the paths have to be healed. Otherwise, you are stuck in your lower three chakras. Those energies will literally tie you down and you won't be able to be in your joy and it'll be hard to lift. So the past hurts and pains need to be looked at as an act of self-love towards yourself. Not only that, but these past pains and traumas held in the body as congestions over time attract more trauma and congestions because you will continue to attract, like I mentioned, triggers. And if you don't release the re-triggers or allow to see the gift of them, you will just add on to the congestion. And over time, these congestions harden and they become dis-ease in the body. And that's my field of study is medical intuition. It's determining what congestions is a person holding on to that's causing their disease. And when we go in and find these congestions and heal them through some of the practices that I'm going to share with you, they're released and the disease disappears. So not only is holding on to this stuff affecting your outer ref- reflections, but it is also causing dis- or can cause disease in the body. So how do we do this? Let's move on to some things that you can actively do to cultivate self-love in your life. So the first thing that you can do is forgiveness. And I know I've talked about this a lot before, but I can't stress it enough. It is really the key to self-love and really everything because when you're holding on to anything, it not only ties you to the other person that you're not forgiving, but it affects everything in your whole life. So you're holding on to these energies in your body that are not serving your liberation or your freedom if that is your goal. And to understand that we came here to master this life experience. And I think most of us came here to master being in joy, experiencing love, peace, freedom, and to create and to enjoy and receive our creations. In order to have any of these things, we have to have We have to have learned the mastery experience of life, how to get to them. So I don't know anyone who has been free of a life that didn't have challenges to get them to these mastery teachings. And so we've had people that signed up before we even came here, said, I'll be the this so you can learn the that, you know, whatever your that is. And so we have come here with contracts with real challenges with others as a gift of love to help us get us to our mastery experiences. And so if you think of a video game, I like to use that as a reflection or an analogy of this. Um, I've watched my kids play them often and they go through a level 
And the first level's pretty easy. And once they've mastered it, then they go on to another level. And then it gets more challenging and they get blown up and they fall off a cliff and they explode and they get shot or whatever it may be. Eventually they get good at it and they go to another level of mastery. And that's exactly how the process of lifting or ascension is. We keep getting these experiences while we're blown up or we fall off or we get hurt. And if we don't harvest the gifts of the experience, we get another one because we still are holding on to the congestion that attracts more of the same. Until some point where we really get it, where we really look in the mirror and say, hey, why does this keep happening to me? I've been blaming the outside world, but the only common denominator here is me. I'm the one that's having these experiences all the time. So the only way to change it is to change me. And that comes through forgiveness. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is letting go of all of the energies that are tied in the body and are tied to another experience. It's a freeing of yourself through the act of self-love, through the act of lifting, being in a space of love and saying, okay, I'm willing to look at these things and I'm willing to let go of them. It's an acknowledgement of that inner pain. So we need to find a way to release that pain in a non-hurtful way by whatever, when it is arising, you can run, you can scream, you can go in your car and scream, you can take a pillow and you can swing it over the bed and hit it and yell at the same time because you're physically releasing that pain through your arms. And if you want to yell at the same time, you can get a double duo of just getting it out of your body. Have a two-year-old temper tantrum. Tell your story. Write your story. Own your story, but let it out. If you were in a case where you were being victimized by someone, um, you can express it to them. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, you could write them a letter. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, get it out in any way you can and then you need to set up some boundaries. You need to decide if you want to continue on with this person or you need to set up some healthy boundaries to say, I'm not, I'm not going to do this relationship anymore or I'm not going to do it in this way anymore. What, whatever you, you are willing to live with. You know, it also helps to try put yourself in the other person's shoes to try understand what might have been the motivation of the other person that triggered you or hurt you and replace that anger that you have with some sort of compassion because they may have, maybe they had a hard past. Maybe they just had something tragic happen there in their life and, and you were at the brink of a last straw experience. Who knows? But that is another way to help replace that anger with some compassion. And then you need to forgive yourself for the role you played in the experience. And maybe the only role you played was to show up. Oftentimes that's the case. You maybe didn't do 
you know, a lot. You were just happened to be there. So there's still, there still can be judgment around, well, why did, why, why did I show up? Why was that? Why was I there? Why didn't I leave? Why have I put up with this for so long? There's like so many layers of the self-judgment process that comes with this that we really need to have mercy on ourselves and let go of to truly be in that state of health, vitality, and happiness. And so something that forgiveness isn't, it is not forgetting or pretending it did not happen. It did happen. And we need to retain the lesson learned without holding on to the pain. It is not giving permission to continue hurtful behaviors, nor is it condoning the past or future behavior. It is not reconciliation. We have to make a separate decision about whether to reconcile with the person we are forgiving or to maintain our distance. And it is not excusing. So I know there's lots of acts that seem unforgivable. And so it is not those things. What happened, happened for a reason. There's always a reason and there's always a gift that needs to be discovered from the reason. But that doesn't mean we are just saying it's okay and letting the other person completely off the hook. There are steps that you need to take. And so I have a forgiveness practice for you that will assist you to go through this forgiveness. And it is a beautiful practice. And we will, it'll honestly do wonders for your healing process. This is something that I have used. I, I've probably done it a hundred times. If you do it in a space of love, maybe with some soft music and presence. Presence is so important. The more present you are, the less you'll have to do it. If you can't stay present, you'll have to do it more often because you will only have 20, 30, 40% of your energy engaged and you need 100% of your energy engaged to get 100% results. And so you can find this practice if you go to my website, it's jerryhab, G-E-R-I-H-A-B, dot wixsite.com forward slash joyful living and if you go over to the healing tools it's called the forgiveness practice and you can just download the practice and it's called the 70 times 7 and what you do is in the morning right when you wake up 35 times by hand you now, you now write, I now unconditionally forgive and release, and you just write a name, or you write an entity, or you write a company, it could be God, whatever it is, you write it, and you don't spend much time thinking about it. This is something that you just want to flow from your consciousness. It's more of a flow. And so you're going to write that 35 times. And sometimes you even need to say, you know, a nickname. If at the time there was a lot of hurts going on and your, let's say your grandparent was known as um, Mama or something else that triggers that, you can use that name. 
and you can also use their real name. You can change the names, but 35 times you're just going to free flow whatever comes out. And then in the evening, another 35 times, you're going to write, I now unconditionally forgive and release, and you're going to write your name. So in the morning, you are forgiving other peoples and entities. And in the evening, 35 times, you're forgiving yourself. So that's 70 times of forgiveness in one day, and you're doing that for seven days straight. Now, if you forget one of those times, you have to start over the whole process again because there's magic in the numbers. It's a lovely practice. It will help you. It's beautiful if when you are done, you can just spend some time journaling because it'll often trigger some emotions. And so do that and drink lots of water while you're doing it because it will offer you an emotional cleanse, a physical cleanse, and a spiritual cleanse. It will hit all three levels. Okay, so that's exercise number one. Exercise number two is what I call the mirror practice. And it's good if you can do it about 15 minutes a day. And you're going to stand in front of the mirror. Put your hand on your heart. Take a deep breath. Gaze directly into your eyes. And you're going to repeat these three sentences. I love you unconditionally. You are safe with me. I accept you just as you are. I love you unconditionally. You are safe with me. I accept you just as you are. I love you unconditionally. You are safe with me. I accept you just as you are. And you're going to repeat this while gazing into deep into your eyes. And so at first, it is very common to look at all the imperfections that you're finding on your face. Maybe you're seeing some wrinkles. Maybe you, I mean, how many people really look in the mirror at themselves beyond the surface? So you have to get past the surface before you can get directly to the soul, to the real you that's underneath it. And that's what we're looking for. And you're saying these three statements over and over and over again. And I believe it will bring you to tears. I have not met a person who hasn't done this practice the way I'm suggesting and hasn't been brought to tears. And that is what you want. Until you've actually done it and love yourself so much that when you do this, all it does is bring you joy. And that's when you know that you have done the practice enough. And then if you want, you can even take off all your clothes and stand in the mirror and do it again. The same way. It's a little deeper this time. And if you can practice this, it will change. Trust me. I bet if you even do it once, you will walk out into the world and someone will reflect to you that self-love that you have given yourself. And so those are two really good practices. And I would recommend doing both of these at the same time during the seven days of your forgiveness practice. So you are forgiving 
and then you are, which is an act of self-love and releasing. It's really a cleanse or a release. And then you're going to the mirror and you're filling yourself up. You're giving to yourself love. And then at the same time, I would suggest if you really want to superpower it and you want to really hit your body, mind, and spirit, I would do some sort of a cleanse with it as well because that'll help all those energies move through your body a lot faster, a lot easier. So if you are a meat and dairy eater, maybe you want to stop the meat and dairy and just eat light fruits and vegetables and go vegetarian, even vegan during this period. If you're already a vegetarian or vegan, you could try juicing. Or my favorite is the master cleanse. I have done this numerous times. I've done it for 40 days. And it is absolutely amazing because when you stop eating, your digestion system relaxes. And your digestive system is the biggest robber of energy in your body. So when you quit eating, your digestive system relaxes and you automatically go into self-healing mode. And ironically enough, um, I watched a show on, I don't remember, but it was a gal during one of the plagues and she just knew intuitively at that time to stop eating and drink water and lemons. And she was one of the only people in her village that was able to avoid it. So it's funny that we're at this time where everyone is worried about immunity and they were, you know, hoarding food and such, when really the opposite, if you go back and, and look at some of this stuff, is to stop your digestive system, stop eating water and lemons, and you will automatically go into a self-healing mode. Now, this might not be true for everyone if you've got other issues or, 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 or whatever, but for someone who is healthy, this has been my experience as well. I've never felt better when I've done a cleanse. And it automatically, the body goes into self-healing mode and these congestions come up much, much easier. And the master cleanse is just drinking purified water with lemon juice and grade B, but they don't have grade B anymore. It's now all grade A, but they call it formally grade, grade B, which has more minerals in it for you maple syrup and a little cayenne pepper I would go online and look up the master cleanse and there are specific guidelines on amounts so I would go and get the details of that and so those three things you drink a lot of it over the course of the seven days I would do the cleanse for 10 days and you will see amazing results if you do the three of those things I can guarantee you your life will shift in great ways if you do those if you do these three things together. And if you even want to add on to that, you can do some dry brushing, take lots of baths with some sea salt and essential oils that'll help cleanse your field because when you're doing this kind of work, when those congestions release from the body, they come up and out of the body and now you feel like pig pen. <laughs> you literally look like pig pen on Snoopy where there's like a dark puff cloud around you and why, I, why do I feel so crappy? 
that that's great. It's time for time for your Snoopy happy dance because that means you've released the garbage. And when you take the baths with the salt and the oils, it will cleanse your energy field. So, and if you don't have a bath, you can soak your feet too. You can just take a, a dishpan of some sort, put warm water in it, handful of sea salt, some essential oils. Lemon is a great one. And that will also help cleanse your field and take some nice deep breaths because breathing is also a way of releasing. Move your body, do some gentle exercise, and that will be a great process for you. Another extremely important piece of the self-love is to stay in balance. And I know this isn't something that people commonly think about, but it was a lesson that I had to really learn. And it goes all the way back to what I first talked about at the very beginning about how I gave and gave and gave until I literally gave myself away, gave my income away, <laughs> gave my health away. When you give too much, you are out of balance. So it's important to give and receive in balance, meaning are you saying yes to events that you really don't want to be a part of, but you feel obligated or you feel like you have to, or you feel like you should? The should have, would have, could have will get you in trouble. So pick those things that you only, you really want to be a part of, that you are passionate about, that bring you joy and do those things and go throughout your day and take time and rest for yourself. Spend some time working, spend some time resting, spend some time giving, and spend some time receiving, and stay in balance. Even in the work you do, think about what you're charging. Are you charging in balance? As opposed to, you know, can I charge as much as I can to make as much as I want? That's an act of being out of balance. To be in balance is something that is good for the all, that is good for the oneness. It's good for you and it's good for everyone around you. So focusing on balance will help keep your cup full so you can always be giving from a full cup and it'll keep you healthy and it is a extremely important act of self-love and something that you will probably have to consciously work on. You might have to sit down and write out in detail what you are going to do in a day and put on that list what you are going to do for yourself, what you are going to give you, and you know what you are willing to also give to others. I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't talk about boundaries as part of the self-love process. If I reflect back through my, let's call it 25 years or so of my really conscious self-healing process, besides the first two pieces I told you about putting myself first, really, which is about all about boundaries and the forgiveness piece, one of the biggest acts that I had to take was that of boundaries. And I had to do it in a way that I wasn't accustomed to doing, I wasn't comfortable doing, and I had never done before, but it was a lesson that I needed to learn thanks to a husband that 
at that time had really challenged my boundaries. He was used to being taken care of and he was used to being to getting whatever he wanted. So when it came time for separation and, and I wanted a divorce, he was going to cross every boundary that I had laid out to test me. And he did that. And so you might have to take action on those boundaries. And I did. I had him break into my house and take things while I was gone. And at the time it was still our house, but I had to go take legal action so that it could just become my house. And he crossed that boundary. So I had to change the locks on the door and go to court. Um, he had people follow me, photograph me, you name it. He tested my boundaries for probably a year or two straight. And I had to constantly go to court to set legal boundaries in place so that I could have my freedom protected. And it was a great act of self-love for myself. And since then, I have talked to so many women who have been, and, and I'm not just saying this about women because there's men out there as well. I just haven't met them. But there are so many women who go through abuse of relationships they get addicted to the abuse so they don't know how to get it out of it or they have young kids and they don't know how to take the action with their young kids and they stay in it because they don't know what to do and because it just seems easier than taking action that's unfamiliar to them but the greatest act of self-love that you can do is to take those actions in whatever way you can and be consistent and do it over and over again. Because not only are you saying yes to you and no to another way of being treated, but you are setting a pattern in place for yourself. It's like putting your stake in the ground into the universe saying, I am not going to put up with this anymore. I'm not going to accept this way of living anymore. And I am an empowered being who will only accept goodness, love, and nourishment in my life. And so you have to decide what that nourishment looks like and take action to assure that it happens. I just had a discussion with a girlfriend who was like me, or should I say is like I was <laughs> at one time, who loves to do for other people and is in a habit of putting herself second. And we were, I was sharing her this, the podcast that I was doing on self-love and about boundaries. And she's like, yeah, but the action is so hard to take. And it is because if you're used to putting someone, everyone else before you to now throw up a boundary, that is clear action stating that I'm not going to take this anymore. I mean, it's one thing to do the work in your room and to claim something. It's another thing to go out there and physically do it. People are used to you being a certain way. People are used to you reacting a certain way. If you're putting yourself second, people are probably used to you doing things for them. They're probably used to you using you as a doormat. I know I was used as a doormat. So now you're, you're making a clear line in the stand saying, I'm making change here. And it doesn't always go over so well. 
And so she was stating how challenging it is to actually do this. And oddly, not oddly enough, but the way it always goes is I asked her about her daughter and she said her daughter is going through the exact same things that she is right now and the exact same thing in relationships. And I said, okay, so when you look at the story that your daughter shares about her relationships and how they're going and how she is maybe putting herself second how do you react to this? How do you feel? Do you say, yay, good job for putting yourself second? Or do you think, oh my gosh, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to empower yourself. You need to step out and make changes. And she said, no, I clearly see what's going on and I want her to make changes. And I clearly see how I'm not doing what I'm telling her to do, but I don't know how to make the shift. And so our kids come in as masters to teach us what we need to look at and how to do it. And the quickest way for your kids to learn self-love is for you to be the mentor. They won't live their life based on your words. They will live their life based on your energy, on your actions. Words truly mean nothing. Your energy says it all and teaches it all, and shifts it all. And so why else is self-love your superpower? Well, the fifth dimension is open and available more than it ever has been before. Enough people anchored in it that it made it easier. It's like a, a pathway was paved to make easier entrance for those of, for those who are wanting to be there. So what is the fifth dimension? It's a place where you're literally above what's going on in the planet, but you're still living in it, meaning you're not triggered by the outer events. You can walk through this COVID stuff. You can walk through a street of protesting. You can go do your everyday things with a smile on your face and know that everyone's lives are happening just the way they need to so that everyone is getting their lesson that they came here to learn for their mastery experience. Everyone is getting what they need at this time. And once you recognize that, which you do when you're in the fifth dimension, you're not pulled into the drama. You're not pulled into the trauma. You're above it and you're in a place of joy but not only are you in a place of joy, but you're in a place of instant manifestation. And I've been doing this for some time right now, and it's insane, and it's a whole lot of fun. And so the way to get there is compassion, and it's through your heart. That's the gateway. And the greatest act of compassion that you can have is to those around you. By, by just really knowing that everyone is doing the best that they can given their state of consciousness. Everyone is doing the best that they can. If they knew differently, they would do differently. But you can't offer that act of compassion to someone else until you offer it to yourself first. And that's why the forgiveness and the self-love is so important. And once you do this, your heart ignites. 
And when your heart ignites, the chakras of your feet open up and you create a vortex of energy around you. And this creates the space for the kundalini energy to arise. And that is your true power. But that kundalini energy won't arise until the heart ignites and the heart is open. And that has to happen through the compassion and that has to happen through the forgiveness. And that has to happen through the act of self-love of looking at all those things that you probably cleverly, purposely tried to tuck away because you didn't want to deal with it then. Why would you want to look at it now? You tucked it away. I've heard people say that to me. Why do I want to bring this up? I purposely tucked it away. It was no fun back then. (laughs) But you can look at it now because you're wiser now and you've gone through life experience and you know more now. So now's the time to take a look at it. So if you get to this point where the heart ignites, and this truly is a place that all religions, their goal is to bring you to the heart. And when you get there, that's, that's where the fun and the magic begins. When the heart ignites, there's a whole new journey beyond that. And so it's very exciting. And when the kundalini starts to arise, it will naturally clear all the rest of the congestions in your body. It's like a fiery, massive creative energy that rises up and clears it all. And you become incredibly creative then. But it all starts with the heart and with self-love. And this process that I shared with you is the process of how we collectively change the world. The answer is be the change you want to see in the world. I know you've heard this before. Well, this is how you do it. It's not by going out and taking action by rearranging the outside world to make it look the way you want it. It's not by protesting. That's by using force, not power. It's not by doing anything. It's not by changing other people. You go in, you change yourself, you heal yourself, you lift and shift consciousness. And when you do this, you will automatically, especially when the heart ignites, you are then in your power and you will affect everyone around you. You will walk in a room and people will notice something different about you. And this is when you have the power to affect everyone around you. And when enough people do this, consciousness shifts automatically. It doesn't come through outward force. It comes through inward change and inward shifting of consciousness. And so if you think back, I know when my parents were younger, spanking was common. That's something you just did to your kids. That's something they did in school. And now consciousness has shifted Can you imagine if a teacher tried to spank a child now? I mean, it's unheard of now. Who would even think to want to hit their kids or someone they love? We are at a different state of consciousness. Back then, the consciousness, it was perfectly okay. And it didn't happen by going out and, you know, hurting the people that were doing the spanking. It it changed through a shift in consciousness. And that's how we will collectively change the world is by doing the inner work, shifting our consciousness, and gradually we'll be at a place 
where we won't see some of these things that are playing out in the outer world. So when I asked if there's anything more that I needed to share on the topic of self-love, I was reminded that trust and love are the same things. That we must trust ourselves. You cannot trust without loving yourself and you cannot truly love yourself without trusting yourself. So trust your internal guidance and knowing of what is right and best for you. Your heart is your compass and your feelings are your barometer. And then take action based on that. And if that is challenging for you, you know, go back to your heart, put your hand on your heart and state in this moment, I trust myself. And trusting is an act of, it's a, it's a habit you have to create and you just have, it's something that you just have to do. It's a habit and it's cultivated through self-love and just create a new pattern of trusting yourself because truly there's so much going in the outer world right now. So many people twisting the truth, not telling the truth, not even knowing what the truth is. So the only thing left now really is to trust yourself. I hope today's show gave you some insight, will help you along your path. If you have any questions, any show ideas, or if you would like to be on my show as a guest, I would love the opportunity to respond, to collaborate, whatever it is, please reach out. You can find my information on the host page or if you go to my Facebook page, which is Joyful Living, one word, Avesa, A-V-E-S-A, like my page. You can see the events that are going on or happening in my area. Some are online, some many are in person, and you can private message me there. If any of you take me up on the three topics that I suggested, the forgiveness practice, the mirror practice, and a cleanse at the same time, message me and let me know the results. I would love to hear about success. I love success stories. So have a great week, everyone. And until next week, namaste. Thank you for listening in to Light Laughter and Lattes. It has been my honor and pleasure. Please visit jerryhab.wix.com and check out my services and my packages. I work with people in person and from a distance, and I also give free 15-minute consultations. And so until next week, may your week be filled with light, laughter, and a whole lot of love.